All right, welcome everybody. Uh, this week I have Zach White. He's the founder of Awaco. It's a program that helps engineering uh, people become leaders or helps helps to build leadership. Um, welcome, thanks for joining. Hey, Matt, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, so maybe we'll start off with a little bit of your background. How did you get into this current role? Yeah, thanks for asking. And it's a really interesting story. I'll keep it brief. And and uh, for those listening, I started in engineering first, and, and that's my first love. I'll always be an engineer. Went to Purdue, studied mechanical engineering, boiler up for all our Purdue alum out there, and started my career at Whirlpool Corporation. Uh, joined one of their rotational leadership development programs, had an amazing experience. Uh, with Whirlpool and uh, went on to get my master's in mechanical engineering from the University of Michigan. So I suppose go blue if anybody uh, is Michigan, although I still bleed black and gold myself. And yeah, went into my engineering career, had incredible success at Whirlpool, a lot of great experiences. Uh, but what happened for me, Matt, was I got so fixated on career success that the way I went about it was the only way I knew how. That was to pour all my energy into the one area of my life that was working, that was career. And woke up, you know, one day with a, a meeting on my calendar, not for work, but with a divorce attorney. And my life kind of came to a screeching halt and burned out, frustrated, and really, really disappointed with with what happened. Honestly, Matt, really embarrassed about that situation. Yeah. And it was at that time, you know, through both counseling and therapy, but also hiring my first coach that my career not only took off in terms of results, you know, got promoted almost every year, got up to the senior manager level very quickly, and also shifted my career path from engineering into brand and product marketing, uh, just, just really creating all the results I wanted in my career. And that coach was such a huge catalyst to my growth and happiness and fulfillment during that time. So I fell in love with coaching and started doing it as a way to help my team. And I wanted to be a more effective leader and manager at Whirlpool. And I knew how powerful of a catalyst coaching was to my own success. And in the process of that, just fell in love with doing it, started getting clients on the side and reached that awkward point, Matt, where it's like, I had too many clients to take on anymore, but more people wanted support and had to make that decision and always have had an entrepreneurial itch, if you will. And it was a great time for me in life to just say, let's take, you know, this decade plus of experience at an amazing organization where I've had great success, distill down all the strategies, the tools, the frameworks of, of great leadership, of great management to build your engineering career, layer it with this catalyst that is coaching and started Oeco the Oasis of Courage. And so what I do now as the founder and CEO here is, you know, I'm building a team to get out and reach as many engineers as we can to help them address this question of how do I build and accelerate my career, which we all want, yeah. without having that crash and burn experience yeah. that I had. And everybody wants to understand how do we have both? How do I have my career growth, but also have a life that I'm really happy with and, and feels in balance? And so that's what Awake was all about, is to help you to build your career and balance your life. And uh, I've been doing this full time for a few years now, and it's just been amazing. And I can tell you, Matt, a lot more engineers than even I expected are right in the middle of that same 
really difficult situation that I had, not necessarily divorce, but but burnout in all the ways yeah. that it can manifest. And uh, that's how I got here. That's that's really fascinating. So thanks for sharing that, because I, it does actually hit home a little bit in terms of I, I think really any engineer of maybe not everyone, but a lot of engineers have been in that situation. I've been in um, it took me years, I would say, of doing the wrong things and kind of finding out they were wrong yeah. um, to to learn the hard way, I guess, to say, to get to a point where I feel like I have right now a very good balance of work and life and, and those type of things. So, um, yeah, one of the things. So um, I also that also just got me to think about um, any time any time that I have um, made a step forward or a leap forward or whatever, it's always been from somebody else that's helped me through it. Whether whether you call it an official coach or not, or some somebody that, but you really do, you know, when I reflect back on that, I think you really do need somebody from the outside to help you through that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely, Matt. I, I appreciate your candor around it. And I think it's super true. And to your point, it doesn't have to be a professional coach to help no. you. But when you look back at your life in key moments, you know, there's, there's always that catalyst to break through. And more often than not, there is a person right there, that, that guy, that, that Gandalf in your life, if you will, or that Yoda in your life who, who just says the right thing at the right time or provides that perspective that you need that you can't see because of where you're standing in the situation, you know, the forest right. from the trees metaphor. And um, absolutely, it's it's so important if you don't have those type of people in your life right now to seek it out because the sort of lone wolf or ego that can trigger in a lot of engineers, you, we take great pride in being super intelligent and you are. I mean, you earned this degree, you've, you've gone through a program that a lot of people would never cut it through. And yet, sometimes that exact strength of how smart you are as an engineer, it's the things we know that can block us from actually doing what we need to do at times. And you need that person to come alongside and say, hey, here's what's happening. Here, This is where you need to, to lean in and break through to the next level. And so, yeah, I think everybody should ask themselves that question. Do I have you know, one or more people in my life who are providing me that kind of feedback and input and authenticity, you know, they're willing to tell you the hard thing that other people won't tell you. And it's super important. Yeah. So another thing you said just um, triggered something, uh, memory for me, because, um, you know, I, I, I really, uh, again, um, empathize with that, the, the engineer and like thinking, okay, I can figure this out. Like I figured so many things out before I'm mm -hmm. smart. Right. Um, there was one time I was working, I had, you know, too many things on my plate. I was trying to do it all, you know, uh, typical engineer. Right. And I remember my boss, she said, I, I was, I was, at, I was like working through a specific problem and she's like, okay, do, do you need some help with that? Like I can, you know, I can have somebody else help you with that. And I said, no, 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 I, I got it. I can figure it out. And, um, you know, another day went by and, and she asked again and and I was like, and she, she finally was like, why don't you want somebody to help this? And I was like, because I want to figure it out myself. But it really, and then I kind of realized how stupid is that? Like, 
it was it was a little bit of an ego thing and it was a little bit like I want to be the one to figure this out and I don't I don't want to have people help me but you know when you think about the whole team and the whole organization what's best for everyone it's it's to let go of some of that and to and to figure out how to balance all of those things 100% you know nobody gets to the top alone there's always going to be someone there helping you and I can tell you this feeling of wanting to do it on your own doesn't go away as you move up in the organization. I work with clients from right out of college all the way through VP, you know, executive level folks. And even at those top levels of the organization, there's still a sense of internal pressure that I need to figure this out on my own. And it's just really important to check yourself on that, that tendency. Where are you right now? trying to figure it out on your own, where if you would just go ask somebody, you could get the answer immediately and, and get going. This problem's yeah. over with. And in the, in the long run, you're going to go so much further when you just ask for help, get those answers, implement the answer, get the result, because that's what matters is to get to right. that result and then move on and, and you know hit the next challenge and, and level up. So yeah, if there was one takeaway from this conversation people leave with, to go ask for help more often, humble yourself, leave your ego at the door, that's a game changer for engineers. Because to your point, so many of us, myself included, I was exactly this guy, have that hunger to prove something to somebody. But guess what? You don't have to prove anything to anyone, okay? There's nobody to prove to. Just go get the result. And if asking for help is going to get you there, do it. Yeah. Hundred percent. So that I think is a good segue. If we talk a little bit about the new situation that we're in, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about remote work and flexible work, where you are not necessarily on site, um, you're not always able to get to that person that you could go ask a question, right? So um, that might be a little bit harder today with uh, if you're not used to using technology. Um, or setting up a quick video chat or whatever it is, reaching out in a chat. Um, I think that is something that people have to get used to now, right? So um, are you seeing any of that uh, in, in what uh, people are asking you? Yes, yes. It's it's really interesting. And I know we're going to dig into multi, you know, all the facets of this. It's a really multifaceted challenge with how the thrust into remote work in our world and in our companies has changed things. But specifically to this point of what may have been an easy, organic passing in the hall or bumping into someone in the, in the cafeteria or, you know, grabbing a quick cup of coffee across the street from where you work or whatever may have been the absence of those organic rubbing shoulders type of interactions has absolutely created a void and caused engineers to fall into their comfort zone on this I'll figure it out behavior. So, and honestly, it even shows up if there are scheduled touch points in meetings, because oftentimes, you know, as, as an individual engineer, maybe you're a low man on the totem pole in that particular situation, maybe you're in a meeting where you know the director she's you know leading that meeting and you're an individual contributor well in that meeting you may not speak up 
because you don't have the courage to ask the question. You don't want to be seen as someone who doesn't know what's going on. And so even when there are touch points, you're not saying anything. And then there's not this organic opportunity to bump into a peer or a leader at the coffee pot. And, And now it's not happening at all until you really get stuck and it becomes a problem. So I'm with you 100% that this, you know, the behaviors that call it the culture of the organization in that way where information was exchanged in an organic way, you know, that that ended overnight. And people are working to solve that in a lot of different ways, whether it's the quick video chat, the, you know, G chats, text messages, phone calls, et cetera. The problem is we don't actually have agreed upon behaviors and systems and tools that everybody understands this is the way that's supposed to happen. And and so it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, so that, that old um, interaction where you might bump into your boss uh, at the water cooler coffee pot and they say, hey, how's it going on? Whatever, you know? Yes. And that's, that's the time where you could say, well, I'm kind of struggling with this thing. And then they could, well, I could, they could help remove a barrier or whatever. Um, that's gone now, right? Uh, it's it because um, even if you, like you said, even if you have a, a meeting, a checkpoint every day, it's become more, almost more formalized in a lot of ways where right. it's like, okay, right. here's the things we're going to go through in the meeting. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, everybody go on their way. Um, so yeah, that that really gets me to think about okay, you have to really make an effort to to bring that bring those issues up uh, early on and um, keep that dialogue open if you can. Yeah, and and Matt, the thing to highlight here, like, what's really the difference between bumping into your boss at the water cooler or the coffee pot in the hall versus having that that one on one or that daily huddle with a small team on Zoom or on teams or whatever tool you, your company uses, you know, like, why are they different? Why, why is it not the same? And the thing I want people to understand from, from a coaching and from a psychology perspective, what, what's happening here, our mind is, is triggered by environments and what we have associated to a particular context or in coaching language, we would call it, you know, the container that we create in a particular context. So when you and I are in a team meeting, All right. Think about before COVID, before remote work, if there was a a team meeting with your global team and it was still virtual, you know, this this isn't a brand new thing to be virtual. Right? We've done it before COVID. But but when it was a meeting, your mind has a complete set of patterns and behaviors. And the way that you show up in a meeting is one way. Right. So your point, it's a bit more structured. It's a bit more formal. There's a little bit more of putting on your best face. Like I want to look good in this meeting. Right. And meetings have their own culture about them. The the context of a meeting is pre-programmed in your mind of what that means. Okay. When you bump into your boss at the water cooler, you're in a completely different context. And your your psychology is literally showing up like you're going to show up as a different version of you in that situation because all the associations of what behavior is acceptable what am i allowed to say how do i need to look in this moment to my boss it's a completely different picture and all that's happening subconsciously all right you may not even be aware of how it's changing your behavior 
Sure. And so your boss, or if you are the boss listening to this, okay, you're a manager, you've got a team, and you used to ask everybody, how's it going while grabbing a cup of coffee? And your solution in a remote environment has been to schedule a daily huddle with everybody and ask the exact same question. Okay, everybody, how's it going? It's really easy to assume that you have replaced the value of that water cooler chat with this other meeting. But if the context hasn't shifted of what that meeting is, you haven't. Because the people showing up, your team is showing up as if it's a meeting, which means one set of rules are in play subconsciously versus that water cooler. So as the leader, you have to be very intentional to reframe the context of what this meeting is. It could be as simple in, in some way as renaming that instead of saying, you know, daily project update, maybe you need to call it the daily coffee chat, you know, yeah. give it some sort of new context and then explain to your team, hey, this is a totally informal conversation. I want you to feel completely free to share where you're stuck, share what's going on, and, and really think of this time as us just hanging out around the coffee pot. Right? You've got to frame it that way and reinforce that new context every single day until it starts to become the culture that you want. And you may have to probe and extract that to say, hey, like, just just level with me. You know, how's it going for you? Like, really, tell me how things are. You know, don't don't worry about any, you know, formal stuff here. Just share with me honestly what's going on. Like, like you may have to come into that with a bit more intentionality than you think. It's not as simple as just replacing one interaction for another. It's also about creating the right context and the right subconscious understanding of of what's allowed in this situation. I think yeah, that is fantastic. I haven't quite thought of it in those terms, but that really, I think, is a great way of putting it, Zach. So I appreciate you uh, putting it that way. Um, one of the things I also wanted to talk a little bit about was just leadership in general. So I know your program is big on building leadership, right? Yeah. And I'm sure you could talk about it forever. Um, so uh, do you have anything more to say in terms of um, you know, you're, you're coming up the chain, you want to become, you want to, you want to stand out and be a leader. Um, but you're in this kind of different situation now, right? Where it might be a little bit harder to show what you're doing every day. Um, is there anything maybe there that you could talk through? Wow. You know, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> th this is a great question. And you're right. We, we could go a lot of directions with this, but let me focus in on that last point you said, you know, how do I, how do I show the great work that I'm doing? Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm an engineer too. Uh, hopefully this statement will resonate with the people listening, but sometimes we just want to be rewarded for doing great work. And that's it. Like, can it be that simple, please? Yeah. You know, if I just show up and do a great job, I want to get rewarded, recognized, promoted, et cetera. And unfortunately, the reality is that that is not the way it works. Right. You know, sometimes if you're fortunate at the lower levels of the organization, that can be the way it works. But as you move up, it gets more and more important that you are being intentional to be your own marketing department. 
And I know engineers hate to hear that because uh -huh. we don't want to be a part of that. It sounds salesy. It sounds sleazy. It sounds like, you know, your posturing or, or networking has this really negative connotation and I don't want to have to do this. Like, I just want to, I want to be rewarded on the merit of the value that I create. And man, my heart goes out to everybody who <laughs> says that, but oh, again, it, it's, it's the catch 22 or the cliche or whatever you want to call it that, man, if, if you do great work, but nobody knows that you did great work. Did it happen? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the answer is no. The the people who are going to make decisions around who you are and what you're capable of as a leader in this organization must have the right information and context and understanding of who you are and what you do. And they're not going to get that through osmosis. And nobody else is responsible for that but you. So we can complain about that, or we can just take responsibility and, and do what's necessary to address it. And by the way, it doesn't mean you have to go out there and inauthentically brag about all sorts of things in a way that nobody wants to hang out with you. No, it's not that at all. You know, you don't have to be a jerk or be an arrogant, you know, pompous individual that nobody wants to, to hang with. The key is to create intentionally proactively those opportunities to put your best work in front of the right people in a, in a genuine and authentic way. And let me just give you one out of many, many tips on how we could do this. Um, there's again, so many different ways. And in our programs, we coach and teach people different strategies for this, but here's a simple way to get your work in front of someone, especially above you in the org chart. If you have your boss or, or manager once removed, maybe a mentor who's at a higher level in another part of the organization. A great way to get your success and your work in front of them that's authentic, but also building that personal brand is to go to them and ask for insights, ask for advice around the work that you're doing. And here's, here's how that would look. I'm working on a project. I've delivered something really, really great but we're still, maybe it's, we're still working. We're not done yet. Or maybe I'm halfway there. All right. I'm at a checkpoint at a key milestone and I'm going to go to my, my leader and ask for some time to say, Hey, I, I think we're doing really, really well on this project, but I wanted to run a couple things by you and get some insights from you, from your experience and your wisdom and all the things you've done to see how we can take the value of this and, and take it even to the next level or, you know, speed up our delivery or just see if I'm missing anything. You show up in that meeting and you, you show them, say, here's what we've done so far, A, B, and C. And what I'd love to hear from you is, is there anything that I'm not seeing from your experience that might help us to deliver at an even higher level? Or there's a question I have about this area I'm not 100% sure. Would you be willing to, to give me some insights? What I've done there is not only given them visibility to the great work that I'm already doing, but I've also led with a, a humble leadership style that is really, again, it's, it's authentic and, and it's got to be genuine, right? Don't go in there and lie about all this, but ask real questions, things that you actually want their insights on. And when you come with that, now they're thinking, wow, like they're already on track and they're seeking more improvement, right? They've delivered this result and, and they're still coming to me to, for growth. And so you get two benefits there. They're seeing your work in a 
context that's not an annual performance review, <laughs> okay? That's yeah. the wrong time for them to see your work for the first time. And they're seeing your hunger for growth, which positions you as an up-and-coming leader, as a person that they want to keep on their radar, because this isn't common. People are not asking these questions of them very often. And frankly, everybody's favorite topic is themselves. And when you go ask somebody for wisdom and insights yeah. because of what they've learned, you know, they're going to feel really good to be able to give you that insight and help you because people love to be able to help someone else. They love to be able to give back and, and feel like they have something to contribute and offer. So, you know, you're getting a trifecta of value in that interaction and it helps you on your project. Like this is really a great exchange and it's so simple to do. It can be a 15 minute meeting or, or less and do it often. Yeah. That, uh, that is just great advice, Zach. Um, I think of, again, I go back to personal experience and I'm sure you probably, um, uh, had this as well where, you know, I'm just going to put my head down. I'm just going to work hard and it'll, it'll come, you know, I'll get, I'll get the, uh, the, the rewards for that. Right. Um, no, it doesn't. I, I can tell you guys, I mean, it, maybe it will, ha you know, if, if it does happen, I would say that's an exception. Um, it, it does happen to some lucky luckier people maybe, or if their managers just happens to notice something, but you can't count on that. Um, you have to market yourself is, and I agree with you that I, I, I kind of hate calling it marketing yourself because I had that same thought too. Like when I was in school, I was like, Oh, I'm never going to go into sales. That's so gross. You know, you know, now I'm a little, I have more, uh, life experience, I realize that's not really what sales is. Um, and and right. marketing yourself, it doesn't doesn't have to be sleazy. It doesn't have to be slimy. It doesn't have to be, um, you don't have to be that annoying guy or girl or whatever. So um, just, I, I would, whoever's listening, I would, I would totally uh, just reinforce that 100%. Um, the one thing I did want to talk about, oh, go ahead. Yeah, Matt, I was going to say, if someone's struggling with this, here's a little mindset shift that may help. Engineers are great students. Engineers love to learn. And, and I'm right there with you. It, there's a hunger for knowledge. There's a hunger for learning. And engineers are professional students. But you have to realize that in your life, if what you want is to create results, to get promoted, to grow, to have a big impact in your organization, to lead at a high level, if that's what you want, then that's not achieved by being a student. It's achieved by becoming the CEO of your life. You have to step into that role of the CEO of your life and take the actions necessary to grow your company, which is you, you Inc. And you, Inc. has a, a product department that delivers engineering results, but it also has a marketing department and a sales department. And, and so you, you just have to pay attention to the fact that you, Inc. is multifaceted. And it's not about, you know, is it an option? You have to, right? Now, you can let your work speak for itself and go down the road you just described, or you can say, well, I want to have a, prof a professional marketing department. I want to do this really well and right. take action in that domain. If you don't care about big results in your career and promotion or these things, then that's fine. There's no judgment about that. We need people who just love to put their head down and do the work. But 
we're talking about that individual who really wants to grow and lead at a high level, then you know, look at your life from the perspective of being CEO of your life, not a student of life. Great concept. Um, yeah, I think that's that's a, a good way to think about it too, because um, if you're a professional company and you're selling a product, um, you know, you're probably not going to leave it up to word of mouth or people to discover it, right? You, that's right. It's not going to hurt to put a little marketing in, into that. And it, yeah, again, control it the narrative. Yeah. It, it it does not have to be gross. It doesn't have to be a yeah. used car sale, used car salesman style, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. In fact, it's a thousand times better when it's not that. Right. You know, people respond to your authenticity, so it's got to be genuine, but don't neglect it. Right. So um, one of the things I did uh, when when you're talking about this kind of um, you know touch point with your manager. Um, one of the things that we're we're trying to do with Circle View is alignment of goals and making that clear for everyone in the organization. So um, I was thinking that um, another way to tweak that kind of conversation is to say, okay, how does this project, how is it fitting into our goals for the year for the organization? Is it is it hitting the right goals? You know, if not, do we need to tweak it? You know, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think that could be another potential way to frame that conversation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you are looking for ways to to control the narrative like we just described, building that conversation into the context of what the organization is already seeking to deliver is a fantastic way to do that. Hey, boss, I want to make sure that we're still getting max value against initiative X. You know, hey boss, I, I wanted to check in on initiative Y. That's one of our big goals from the top down. And this is what we're doing. It looks like it's in great alignment to me, but I always want to verify with you that we're not off track. Right. Like, that's a great con conversation to have for sure. Um, and if I think about my journey and you know how I got into uh, industry 4.0, digitization, that sort of thing, um, I got really excited about it, right? Because I got excited about the technology. Um, I had some great, and these were salespeople, but but they they did it the right way, right? I had some great salespeople that helped me pitch it in a way that the manager would accept it, right? So it was your manager, you know, if you're at a plant or whatever, a plant manager has a certain amount of metrics that they're judged on, you know, really simple, like whatever it's, you know, it's, it might be output, it might be quality, it might be EHS, yield, things like that. Frame your project or what what you're trying to do in those metrics. Really simple. Okay, I think we can increase this metric from here to here. I think we can affect this. I think we can bring this down with this project. And that was a great little trick that I was like, I can't believe I didn't think of that myself. I, I felt kind of silly for not having thought of it, but it it really helped me uh, to to get a lot of those uh, getting on the cutting edge of those technologies and getting them implemented in the field. You know, whether we like it or not, one of your jobs, engineer listening, is to make your boss look good. Yeah. So if your boss has a metric that matters to them, it matters to you. And what Matt just said is, I have nothing to add. Do it. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, so that's another thing I think with, with remote work, again, is just being very clear and understanding if you're a manager, uh, make sure your employees are very clear on what the goals are. And if you're an engineer, be very clear on what your manager's goals are 
and make yes. sure that what you're doing remotely always fits into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, this is something that more than ever engineers need to be proactive to make sure it happens. It's really easy to say, well, that's my manager's job. It's not my responsibility to make sure that everything's aligned with the organization's goals. You know, I'm doing what he told he or she told me to do. Well, okay, you can choose to go through your life absolving yourself of all responsibility when it's someone else's job, or you can take extreme ownership for that and say, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting any of my energy on things that are not going to yield value to the organization and yield value to my career. Right. And it is in that order, right? The company's yeah. the company is the priority, right? You work for them. They write your paycheck. And so it's got to matter for the organization and the value that the company needs you to create, but then also is it helping you to get to where you want to go? And, and yeah, be proactive on that. Don't, don't uh, look at around and say, oh, well, it's not my job. It's up to someone else. No, go ask the question. If you're not clear, take responsibility and let your boss know, hey, I'm not clear on this. Can you help me? And if they're not able to get you the answer, don't stop there, right? Some of us have bad managers. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker, right? There's people out there who are not good at managing. And if that's, you know, your situation, don't let that be an excuse either, right? If, if your manager's not able to answer it, then ask them about, well, hey, I really feel like it would help me to perform and make sure that we're doing the right things. If we could get some clarity here, you know, who could help me with this? Who could answer this question? Or when can I come back to you and you could get an answer? Right. Do you mind if I talk to your leader? Right. Can I talk to one of your peers? Like, how do we get the answer? Be a little bit more unreasonable. Like, it's yep. a perfectly good reason that your boss doesn't know for you to not know, right? If you told me, Zach, I don't know because my boss doesn't know. Well, that's a good reason. But if you're always reasonable in your life, then you're not going to get the result. You can have right. your reasons or you can have your results. Which one do you want? And, right. and as an engineer, I'm, I'm going to give you away the answer. It's the result. Yeah. So go do what you need to do to get that answer. So um, you, you did mention extreme ownership. I was just I just reached down to grab this because I have this by my desk. This is I, uh, Jocko wrote extreme ownership. Um, that was a powerful concept. Yeah, there it is right there. Um, <laughs> look it up. It's a it was a uh, very simple concept, but it, it's simple to understand. It's hard to do, um, but yes. it was a very powerful concept that helped me um, in my career. So look it up. Um, I think so. I think that's a great spot to end the conversation. Um, Zach, can you tell us a little bit more about Awaco? I'd be happy to. Awaco, the Oasis of Courage. You know what we do is meet you as an engineering leader where you're at and help you to put together the foundation, the strategies, the tools, and the plan for how you're going to break through to the next level. And, you know, the next level might mean promotion literally on the org chart, or for some of you, the next level might just mean getting out of a state of burnout and back to a career that you're happy with, reigniting your passion for engineering again. I can't tell you, Matt, how many engineers I talk to around the world who have completely lost that part of them that drew you to engineering in the first place yeah. because of bureaucracy or red tape or just frankly you're, you're tired and wherever you're at on that spectrum that's what we help our clients to do is you know really 
bring back that energy and enthusiasm, and then aim it into your vision and goals to help you break through to where you want to be. And so you can find us. It's oasisofcourage.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I hang out the most. Look for Zach White. Oaco is O-A-C-O. It's just our shortened, you know, made up word for Oasis of Courage. So oasisofcourage.com. And I would love to to reach out or, or connect with anybody. And if you want to learn more, we'll, we have an opportunity to get on a free call with one of our coaches and just kind of understand where you're at and what your barriers are, what your goals are. And we'll, we'll kind of work with you to see how we could support you and, and go from there. So it'd be a pleasure to connect with as many of your listeners as, as want to reach out. Yeah. So, uh, again, just kind of what we talked about earlier. Um, personally, I can say, um, I wouldn't be where I am without coaches helping me out. Um, there's, there's definitely a huge benefit, I think, for anyone to, to grab a coach or have just somebody look at, look at things from an outside perspective, give some of that awesome, uh, advice that you gave during this, this talk. I, yeah, can't recommend it enough. Matt, I really appreciate that. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be Oeko, but I really agree with you. Right. You know, for anybody listening, just make sure you take action. One of the most important things, you got to get out of your comfort zone and be willing to take action. And so if you're thinking what Matt just said resonates for you, yeah, I could use some help. I don't care if you contact me or, or anyone else, but but take action. Don't just listen to this and go back to life as it was. You know, like right now, as soon as you finish this this podcast, you know, call somebody or reach out or go to oasisofcourage.com and book that free call or, you know, do something to take action in your life because that, that status quo, that comfort zone, you know, that's what gets us stuck and kicks us off on that spiral towards burnout. So I hope that something here clicked, maybe one of the tips we gave or, you know, Matt, you're doing amazing yeah. work and thank you so much for, for having these conversations to serve the engineers who really, really need the help. Yep. Well, there you go. Call to action. Uh, when you're done listening to this, do something, whether it's just calling a friend or, or reaching out or going to read something, anything. Um, doesn't have to be contacting Zach, although he's a great resource. But uh, um, I think that's a good spot to end. So I appreciate everybody for listening. Thanks again, Zach. Uh, this is a great conversation. Oh, you're welcome, Matt. I really appreciate the invitation and love the work you're doing. I hope everybody keeps listening and keeps learning from from this. And it'll finds incredible success in this remote hybrid work environment we're in, uh, you can do it. Be, be a little bit unreasonable. You know, don't just take those reasons. Let's go get results. All right. Thanks.